Welcome to PMR Unhinged. Today we're talking about how to create something from nothing. So Jenna, how do you think that if you were going to come into my office and you were going to ask me, hey, what are your thoughts on how to create something from nothing? What do you think I would say to you? Start with your mindset. Start with... <laughs> I don't know. I think that's I think that's pretty good. That that's a beginning. The reason that I wanted to talk about this is because, you know, you I've heard you say it. I hear a lot of other people say it that oh, it takes money to make money. And, you know, that that's all a, a very big obstacle that a lot of people put in front of themselves. Well, it takes money to make money. Well, if you want to make a lot of money, you have to start with a lot of money. And so it puts them in this pickle that well, how do I make a lot of money if I don't have a lot of money? And what I really want to convey is, is that that's just absolutely not true. It's total BS. So really the first thing that you have to understand is, is that if you want to create something from nothing, you must first have a desire. You have to have a desire towards something. And a lot of people will put it towards, you know, money or, you know, this or that. But really, in honesty, it doesn't matter what it is. You could say, I want to have a great relationship with my boyfriend, or I want to have a great relationship with my wife, or I don't have a boyfriend or a wife, and I'd like to have a boyfriend or wife. So it's a desire, right? Or it's, I want to make a lot of money, or I want to build this, or I want to build that. I want to start a business. So. The first thing is, is that you have to have a desire towards what you're going for, kind of an aim, right? It can be broad, it can be wide, but at least if you have a desire and you're looking towards something, you now can start moving in that direction, okay? So the next thing is, is that, well, you tell me, what do you think would be the next thing? You first have a desire, what would be the next thing that you have to do? Educate, educate yourself. Okay. Sure, that's that's a pretty good one, educate. But what I would say is you have to have use your imagination, right? And while you're using your imagination, I agree with you. You can be educating yourself because if you start reading books on the thing, let, let's just use the instance that you want to build a house. Let's say you have a family, you have a couple kids, and you want to build a house for your family, okay? What would you do? You would start using your imagination you would start driving around in the locations that you want to build this house. But while you're driving around, you would start visualizing and using your imagination to see like what kind of land, what kind of property, you know, does it have views? Does it have trees? Does it have a little brook running through it? Does it have a nice big pond on the property? Is it a hundred acres? Is it at one acre? Is it half an acre? Is it in a neighborhood or is it like a ranch on a ranch? So you can see that once you start using your imagination, even just by doing what we were just talking about right there, you started visualizing in your mind the ranch, the acre, didn't you? Yeah. You started seeing it almost. Yeah. Kind of like, well, what would I want? So your imagination started firing off all these synapses and all these visualizations in your mind to say, okay, where would I want my house? So now let's say that you found the property, right? And now you're going and you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, this is the property that I want to build my house upon. You call me up and you say, hey dad, I want you to come look at this property. It's 10 acres over in XYZ town. I say, okay. So you go, we go over and as we're there, you start walking around an area. Now this is just dirt. 
But you start walking around on there and you start saying, this is where my family room is going to be. This is, I'm going to have these big windows over here and out the windows, I'm going to have a nice, really nice pool that you can see. And then over here, the kitchen is going to be right there. So do you see you're using your imagination and you're building something, right? So, you know, there's a saying and, and it says something like this. When do you start building the home? In your head. <laughs> kind of. But they say, you know, when do you start building the home? Well, when it's finished. Because even the house that you have or the house that you sit in today, or let's say that you're driving by and you see, you know, some coliseum. Someone had that in their mind before they started building it, right? Right. They had it totally visualized in their mind. They used their imagination and then they started putting a plan in, to, in place and then started to build it. Then at the end of it, guess what? They built what was in their imagination, what they had already completed in their mind. So when you drive by and you look at, let's say, a, a city building or you drive by the Eiffel Tower or you drive by anything, someone had that in their mind first. Let's take Elon Musk, right? He's, you know, wants to go to Mars and all these things and he has a space program. Well, all that was in his mind before he ever even started. So it goes back to you, you have to have the desire. Then you have to use your imagination. And yes, while you're using your imagination, you have to then educate yourself. So, you know, if you go going back to our example, you're wanting to build this house on this 10 acre, you know, plot of land, you might start talking to builders, right? Speaking to people, well, how do I go through the process? You know, start talking to a bank. You, you're educating yourself in the total process, right? Then let's say it gets a little bit, you know, bad from there and they're like, well, you have to have X amount of money down. Okay, well, now what are you doing? Well, you're like, oh, well, gosh, now I have to have some money, you know, so what do I need to do? Okay, well, maybe I need to work a little bit harder and save X amount of money put to the side so that I can then do that. Now we could go into all kinds of other discussions how you could actually do it without any money down, but that's for other, a different time, okay? The next thing, well, let's ask you again. After imagination and education, let's say, what's the next thing? <laughs> um, I do not know. <laughs> okay, and, and I'm not saying that you're supposed to know. You know, I don't want, to, want you to feel like I'm putting pressure on you, I'm not. But the next thing is, is that you have to have faith. You have to have faith. You have to believe that you can actually do it. Do you know that that is the biggest step that stops most people? They can do, they, they can have the desire. They can have the imagination. But once they get to the faith part, here's where all those old records start coming back, right? Here's where the parents have really jacked you up as you were growing up, right? Because what most parents do as their children are growing up, what do they do, Jenna? stop their imagination or tell them that they're not able to do it that's right you'll never be better than me or whatever well maybe not that you'll never be better than me but they they do they start putting their limiting beliefs on their children like, oh stop that's not realistic there you go exactly oh cut that out that's not realistic that's not real life oh i know you're sure you're gonna do this you're gonna do that right I always go back to one point in time, and I don't know if you remember, because you were pretty young, because I know, because Cameron was very young, but we were driving by DTC, the Denver Tech Center, and it was actually the uh, Great West Life buildings. Um, I can't remember what their different name now, but the three towers there. Mm -hmm. And Cameron looked over and he said, that's the house. I'm, my house, I want to build a house that looks like that. And yeah. what, what did your mom and I say? Go do it. We said, Cameron, wow, that would be awesome. 
if that's how you want your house to look like, that'd be great. You should go build it. Yeah. You should one day go get it. But what would most parents say? Most parents would say, oh, don't be ridiculous, Cameron. That's, a, that's an office building, not a house. Yeah. Right? That building is so big. What would you do with all that space? It doesn't matter. It's not your dream. It's your child's dream. Right. Let them dream. Dreaming is free. You know? And that's the sad part. Most parents, you know, or adults have stopped dreaming as well. I'm 51 years old. I still dream. I still dream about the things that I want. You know? Because you still have to dream about a bigger life. Aren't you 52? No, I'm 51. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for trying to age me. <laughs> I thought you were 52. I'm 51, but I look like I'm 40. <laughs> You're supposed to agree with me on yes, that one. Yes, you yeah, do yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> sure. So faith is really the biggest, a big, a, well, a very big part of the recipe here. You have to have faith that you can actually do it. Because if, if you don't have faith that you can do it, you're done. If you don't actually, like, as soon as you start picturing, you start believing, and it starts almost looking real, there's going to be those little voices that come into your mind that's going to say, who do you think you are? Yeah. Who the hell do you think you are? You can't do that. Calm. Right? Because you're now repeating crap that has been said to you as a child, right? Or maybe it wasn't parents. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it doesn't matter. It's adults put their limiting beliefs on their children. Uh, parents, adults, stop doing that. Let your children, let their minds grow. Let them explore. Now, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be limits and there shouldn't be, you know, discipline. I know a lot of times parents just let their children run wild. That's not what Oof. children want either. But, and, and that's definitely not what I would say. But when your children is dreaming and you can see it, let them. Let them dream. Without you putting in your BS to try and shape them the way you want them. Now, if they're going down a evil path then, or a, not a good path, then sure, you, as a parent, you have to guide them. But if they're sitting there and they're dreaming about this life that they want, and they're building this life that they want in their heads, maybe they're seven, eight, nine, and they're talking about all these big dreams, then let them, you know, ask them more questions. Oh, well, tell me, you know, what does your car look like? What does your house look like? How big is it? Oh, wow, that sounds so interesting. You have come to us before and you've talked about different things that you wanted to do and some of these dreams that you have. And when you're talking to us, we're like, oh, wow, Jenna, that, that sounds great. Not my cup of tea, not what mm -hmm. I would look for. But you know what, Jenna? I think that's awesome. I could well, see you doing that. We used to play games in the car where we all described, if you had like an eight-car garage, what cars would you have? What cars would you have in it, right? Yeah, I remember right. playing that. Uh, how many, how many, like how big is your house or how many garages yeah. do you have? Right. How big is your kitchen? Mm -hmm. And what we were doing was we were helping you to use your imagination, helping right. you picture it, visualize it, right? So, and then also building the confidence in you that you would have the faith that you can actually go do whatever it is that you want to do. Because right. that is the truth. Most people don't realize they're so close to actually reaching whatever dreams they want. All of us are. I mean, even myself. A lot of times when I'm sitting here talking to you or we're sitting here doing this, I, I'm I'm talking to an an audience, which you know I was surprised we now have like 400, you know, active people that are you know listening in and listening to the podcast, and I, I was shocked when you told me that because yeah. I thought a hundred was fascinating, and now we have like four <laughs> times that. But you know, I when I'm talking, oftentimes I'm talking to myself as well because I have to continuously remind myself 
some of these things as well so that I can continue to keep going to the next level. So, you know, faith is a really, really big one. You have to have the belief that you can actually do what you say that you want to do. Okay. So now that we have desire, we have imagination and education, we have faith. What's the next thing? As you're trying to look at my notes here. (laughs) (laughs) Desire, imagination, faith, discipline. Okay. Disciplined action. You're correct. (laughs) You're correct. Disciplined action. So you have to start creating a discipline around the things that you've been dreaming about, seeing the things that you've said that you've spoken in that is a desire. Like people will say, speak it into existence. And that's a lot of times because, you know, someone will go and say, okay, I'm going to do this, right? Your mom and I do that sometimes. We'll be talking and then all of a sudden we'll say, well, I'm going to do this. And then we're like, oh, damn it. I just said it. So now I have to go do it because I cannot allow myself to say it without bringing it into existence. So you have to have disciplined action, which means you start putting into action. Now let's go back to the house that you're building. You start putting it into action. So now let's say you go and buy the land. So you buy the land and you then start putting the builders together and you start bringing it all to life. So really, and and we can even simplify because I know that in the beginning we spoke about that you have to have money you know, you have to have money to create money. So, okay, let's say all of a sudden you're sitting there and you say, well, I have to have money or I can't make money. Well, that's BS because what you could do is you say, okay, how can I make the most amount of money? Okay, well, I'm going to look at some sales jobs, right? I'm going to go into sales because I know in sales I can make the most amount of money that I could possibly make, right? So now you go and you get a job and now you start making money selling something. You just created something out of nothing. You did. Or you could go to someone and say, hey, look, you don't have to pay me anything, but I see that you have this palette full of XYZ widgets. Let me help you sell them and I'll just take 20% of the profit. Did you create something from nothing there? Yeah. Exactly. So you don't always have to have money to create something. Another thing in today's digital world, how much does it really cost to go and create a website? How much does it really cost to go create a funnel, to go start selling something on eBay or Walmart or or anything else? So when anyone, I hear any young people, any young person tell me, oh, well, you have to have money to to make money. I just say BS, no, you do not. It's not true, okay? Because you can go do whatever you want. You just have to start, be willing to start from the ground up, kind of like building a house, right? right? Most young people today don't want to start at the ground. They want to start at the CEO level and that's where they get hurt because now you're not going to get there. You're going to fall on your face and guess what? Eventually you're going to start from ground up anyway. So you might as well start from the ground up and learn up and then start earning up, right? So disciplined action, you start taking the action, right? Then what do you do? Um, You just can't read my writing, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Disciplined action massive action (laughs) well massive action would kind of go right off with disciplined action maybe that's what i should have said disciplined massive action right yeah that's a big term in our family is what massive action massive action take massive action right take massive action you'll call me hey what about this what about that i'll say well jenna what do you think you need to do take massive action and you'll say i need to take massive action i say okay then how come you even called me to begin with you already (laughs) knew the answer (laughs) so the next thing is measure you have to measure measure where you're at 
right? So if you, if you know that you have a desire, you've created the imagination, you now, you have the faith and you started taking disciplined action towards it. So you go back to your piece of land and you start seeing the sticks go up, the boards go up and they're all going up in your met. So that's a measure, right? It's a unit of measure. You can actually go and see. So you now have a unit of measure. You can see that the house is actually being built. Now you're walking in the house exactly at the very place where you said, this is where my family room is, is going to be. You're seeing the pool being start to be dug in the backyard. You're like, oh, okay, well, hang on. Because sometimes you have to readjust, right? Sometimes you have to fine tune and that's why you measure. As you're measuring, you're, the pool's not exactly where you wanted it. So you have to go and you talk to the contractor and you say, no, the waterfall. I can't see the waterfall through my big windows. And as I'm sitting here on my couch, looking at my fireplace, my see-through fireplace that goes into my study, I, I want to be able to look at the waterfall coming off my swimming pool. And so you, see, you say, I need you to move it three feet to the right. So you have to readjust, right? That way you can continue to get it exactly the way you want it. So it's, again, we could go on and on about trying to really complicate this and make it very difficult, but then most people wouldn't be able to do it, right? They say the thing is, is that if you really want to accomplish something, keep it simple, stupid, KISS, right? It's the acronym KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> Just keep it simple. So you measure. And so now the contractor moves the pool over and now you go over and you're going to, you kind of stand right where you picture, you know, where your couch is going to go and you can see the fireplace off to the right and you can see your big floor to ceiling windows. And now the waterfall is exactly the way you see it, right? So in essence, you, you're visualizing again, you always have to continue visualizing to make sure that it, it's coming together. So after let's say 12 months, what happens? after doing this whole process, what happens? The house is built. The house is built, you're exactly right. And now you're moving in to your house and as the movers are moving in and they're bringing in your couch, what are you doing? No, 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 my couch goes right here, right here. Right. Set my couch right here. Oh wait, my desk in my study goes right here and my chair goes right here. And then you go and you sit down in it and guess what, now you made that reality. Right. So you made that desire, that imagination, that vision come to fruition. It's not very difficult. You just have to use the steps. And the best way to do it is we, we spoke about building a house. Well, for a lot of young adults, okay, that's not exactly what they're looking to do right now. So in, in talking about all of this, you know, there is one more step after you measure, but again, you're already very successful for your age, but where does it stop? right? You have to continue to try and beat yourself, right? That's the other thing. Young people are always trying to compete with who? Other people. Other people, school classmates, high school classmates, mm -hmm. you know, they're always trying to compete with those people. Maybe they're trying to compete with the girlfriend that turned them down or the girl that wouldn't go out with them or the boy that, you know, told them that they were ugly or whatever. Right. And now they're living their life based on some dude that told you that you were ugly just because he's actually ugly on the inside and you know he was projecting what he saw from himself yeah right some people can get far with that but most won't most won't but again what what do we talk about we talk about why is there a 99 percent? why why is there a 99 percent? and why is there a one percent because the one percent are doing things differently because of their mindset that's right 
They think differently. The 1% thinks differently. And they, and they, just as I mentioned earlier, I'm constantly fighting the battle, right? I'm mm-hmm. constantly even trying to, to use some of these things that I know and that I've learned and that I've used. I continuously, because what do we all want to do? We want to fall back into comfort or we want to fall back into the old patterns that don't serve us. So even I'm always still trying to work through those, but young people don't actually know that they have to work through this. So they're on autopilot and they just go on through life and the next thing you know, they're 40 years old, 35 years old, and they haven't gotten anywhere because they haven't used their mind, right? They haven't used their mind in the correct way. So what I would tell you is by using the little exercise that we have just done here, you can change your entire life. So you can see how a lot of this actually just helps you. And again, we could sit here and spend you know, another hour, 10 hours, but today I really wanted to just keep it really simple that this is how you can actually create your life. Everybody has the ability, no matter if you're 14 or you're 40 or you're 60 or you're 80 or you're 90, it doesn't matter. The future is up to you to design and to create. You can make your future whatever you want it to be. So, you know, the thing is, is, you know, another thing that you'll hear sometimes is if you knew that you only had six months left to live, what would you do differently? Are you actually asking me that? Well, I'm just <laughs> posing it, but do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. That, that changes a lot because I'm going to bet that you would do things a lot differently if you only thought you had six months left to live. You're going to change things. You have to look at that sometimes because nothing is ever promised. Tomorrow is never promised for any of us. So you have to look at how you can change your life today. Can you make m- maybe more personal impacts? you know, on people, on the people that you love, on the people who are closer, closest to you? Can you make some kind of difference in the world? Now, again, obviously you have to think long-term as well too, because maybe you don't have six months, maybe you have, you know, 85 years left right. to live or whatever. You also have to play the long game too. But don't, I guess the point is, is don't forget the short game while you're playing the long game. Because many people, they'll play the long game And sure, they'll have money, they'll have wealth, and they'll have a lot of things. They'll have a lot of, you know, houses and cars and stuff by themselves. They're there all by themselves and they're lonely and miserable. So you have to play the short game while you're playing the long game too, okay? Through all of this, you have desire, you have imagination, you have faith, disciplined action, you're measuring, and then what do you do after that? Repeat. You repeat. That's exactly right. You repeat the whole thing and you keep doing that and you keep going and you keep growing. Okay. So today I think that, you know, you and I have talked about this for a while. The battle is for the mind and you've heard us talk about that from the very beginning, right? You and I've spoken about that. People don't understand that we are in a war today. We're in a vicious, vicious war. Most people still think that you know, oh, well, when we go to war, it's going to be, you know, little soldiers trying to storm the beaches of New York, (laughs) you know, or storm the beaches of Florida. That's not how it goes anymore. We're not in the industrial age. We're in the information age. Right. So wars are now fought, not on necessarily the battlefield. I'm I'm not saying that they necessarily wouldn't ever be fought there again, but they're first and foremost now fought where? Media? In, in the, well, media. Yeah, sure. But what's the media doing? What is the media after? Our minds. Yeah. Your mind, right? Social media, it's after your mind. The algorithms, the, you know, the, 
the agendas, the whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, I think that for a long time, I've been sitting there thinking and, and there is this thing where today there's all this division and the division is, is, oh, well, if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat, you know, Republicans against Democrats or liberal versus conservative or, you know, all these different things that where the media has tried to pit us against each other. I really believe today that it really comes down to, and I know we're going on a total tangent here based, you know, from what we started, but it really does come down to the mind. And that's where the war is being fought because I don't believe it's Republican versus Democrat. They're all the same, all of them. Because if, if there was any difference, we would actually have real change, right? So Republicans or whatever could be out there saying, oh, well, you know, I'm a Republican and I don't believe in all that stuff. Well, you know, the Republicans that those people have voted into office, if they were real, they would make real change. There's never any real change. The, the, our nation, we continue to move down a certain direction, right? That's, that's not by accident. That's by design. So you have to understand that when you have all these huge, massive forces against you, you have to learn how to play the game so that you can win the game. You can't fight the game. You're not going to fight the game. You're not going to change the rules of the game. You know, a lot of young people are like, oh, well, you know, uh, I can't do anything. I can't, you know, like the one kid I was talking to at the shoe store, you know, I was buying new tennis shoes and he was sitting there talking about how he's oppressed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how it even came about. He just started talking about that he really deserves to be making, you know, $15 an hour or whatever. And he was kind of pissed. And I was like, okay, well, I, okay, why are you telling me this? Yeah. You know, but I, so I couldn't handle it anymore. And I started talking to him, telling him, why, why do you think that? Why do you think that you're, you know, I said oppressed, but you haven't said that, but why do you think that you're being held down? And he was like, well, because, you know, you know, we have to work and, and, you know, they, they're only paying me twelve fifty an hour. And I think I should be making 15. I said, there's your problem right there. Because you think you should only be making 15. I said, maybe you should start thinking that you should be making $100 an hour. And I could see this light bulb go off in his head, in his mind. Right. I said, what's stopping you from making $100 an hour? The only difference there is, is what? Mindset. The mind. That's right. They think differently. The one who's sitting there thinking that he should and is entitled to be making $15 an hour and pissed off that he's not is very different than the people who are sitting there doing all kinds of different real estate transactions and you know raising capital and getting investors money and making them money and making themselves filthy you know rich in the process there's a difference there they thought that they could do it they thought differently they educated themselves differently because they started reading books and such going to conferences going to you know webinars going to seminars and the other kid just listens to the news at night telling him how he can't do anything and that he's just entitled to receive a certain amount of money. Right. Therefore, they'll never it never allows him to grow his mind, right? At the end of that conversation with him, he asked if I could if I would give him my number. He handed a piece of paper over and said, "Would you mind getting my, you know, giving me your number? I've never heard those things before that you were telling me." And I guess that's why it's important that again, I'm sharing all this you know, not to say that I'm any expert, but to say that I've learned a lot over 30 years of learning and studying why, what the wealthy do that the poor and middle class don't. Right. And that's why when you guys were growing up, I read the books and the books said that the wealthy teach their kids differently. Now, 
I decided that that's how I was going to teach you guys. You guys think very differently. Jenna, I think one of the funniest things is, is when you came home from high school one day and you told me that your counselor was asking you if, <laughs> if she could talk to you more about uh, yeah. how to set up an E-Trade account. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, it's so weird, Dad. My counselor is asking me how, I can, how she can set up and if I could yeah. help her do some of the things that I started talking to her about. Well, she's an educator. Why don't they? Why don't they educate you? Why don't they know these things? How come they're not teaching you this in school? She was too busy getting me in trouble. She was too busy <laughs> trying to yeah, get you in trouble. Yeah, true, exactly. <laughs> Forget her name. Yeah, but again, why? Why is this not being taught in school? Because they, because not the teachers. Teachers have good intentions, but they don't realize that behind that, it's it is designed to make us stupid. They don't believe that. They don't believe that. I don't wouldn't say it's designed to make you stupid. It's just designed, designed to, to keep us poor. Well, by accident. Dependent. You know. Designed to keep us dependent. Sure. It's designed to keep you as workers. Right. That's what it's, the system is. The design is to keep you workers. You know, again, Rockefeller, when he created and hijacked the education system, I think is in the early 30s, he said, I don't want a nation of of creators I want a nation of workers right it's never changed since it's they're doing the same thing over again and that's why they don't teach you you know that's why poor and middle class or especially middle class will teach their kids oh save your money but what do the wealthy teach their kids invest your money invest your money that's a that's a very big difference right there just that one little pivot so if people can start learning that there's different ways that there's a whole new world out there and to start learning that there's this whole other system that was built not not just recently but forever from the times of roman the roman empire right right you and i mean me and nick were having a conversation the other day do you remember that and he was talking about sports and i'll be honest i felt a little bad because he had a uh, Dallas Cowboys jersey on when I was talking to him about this <laughs> and yeah. I was what was I talking to him about do you remember no we were talking about how basically it's kind of from the times and this is again this isn't my own stuff but this is where I've heard of other people talk about it that even from the Roman times the elites kept the people busy with what sports the gladiators in the Roman Colosseum that's right sports so they kept them distracted on sports. They oh. kept them distracted in, you know, getting obsessed with sports and sports players. And while they're obsessed and while they're, all their attention is on the sports, the elites did what? Get rich. They, they got rich off of them. They right. pilfered all of the spectators. That's actually so funny. They took all the spectators and got all their money and they're sitting there laughing meanwhile the the spectators are watching sports enthralled in it and they're like oh look at that great gladiator gladiator you know whatever yeah gladiator jordan oh my god and his stats are this and his stats are that where does that get you where does that get you in your own personal life you're so damn busy watching the gladiator jordan do his thing and get rich because you know they're paying gladiator jordan a lot of money you know yeah. and i'm just using you know a name a famous name but they're paying Gladiator Jordan a whole lot of money that he's getting rich off of. Right. Meanwhile, you as a spectator are watching it. You're just watching him get rich while the elites are behind the Gladiator and the spectators getting even richer than all of you combined. Yeah, that's so true. Does, has anything changed? 
It hasn't even changed. So a lot of people, they, gotten worse. They, they get so enthralled in sports. And I'm not saying that you can't enjoy sports. But when you're so enthralled in it that that's all you're thinking about, are you going to excel or propel your life forward? Or are you just going to keep staying in the same place? Because when you're watching Gladiator Jordan shoot the hoop or whatever, or take the head off of, you know, his opponent or whatever it is, you know, whether you're in Roman times or you're in, you know, current times, how is that going to propel your life forward? The wealthy don't teach their kids to get enthralled in sports. The wealthy teach their kids to get enthralled in business. The wealthy teach their kids that while the sports and the, the, the gladiators are playing in the arena, the elites teach their children to be sitting there reading and studying, to learn. Yeah. That's the difference. So again, you know, a lot of parents, they want to really like push their kids. Oh, and it's all sports. It's all sports. Great. I'm not saying that sports aren't, aren't important for kids, but I do think that there's a difference between what wealthy do and what the wealthy teach their kids about sports than what poor middle class people teach their kids about sports. Poor middle class teach their kids. Oh, we want you to be what? We want you to be Jordan Gladiator, right? right? Or Gladiator Jordan. We want you to en- end up playing in the Coliseum. And they have all these big pipe dreams that their child is going to play and be the gladiator of the century, right? Or the NFL player, the famous NFL player or NBA player or whatever. And it, to be honest, it's really like winning the lotto. But the wealthy yeah. sit there and teach the, their children, no, study, learn. How can you make money off the sports? Can you create a sports? Okay, maybe you can create a sports league or maybe you can you know, do this or that. Like they're teaching them behind the scenes stuff. And the poor middle class are only teaching them, you know, basically go dream about being an NBA player. Yeah, I think sports are important to a certain age just for social. Oh, absolutely. Aspects. And it teaches them and about competition. Like, if, you're not, if you're not getting a scholarship to play, it's probably not your move. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, the scholarship and all that. I mean, that's a whole other podcast that we could talk about. Yeah. But, you know, I think the big thing is is that it's important to, I guess, come full circle. It's important that you start teaching your children. No, let's go back even further. It's important that you start teaching yourself how the wealthy teach their kids. Right. So you can actually be 40, 50, 80 years old. It doesn't matter. But you need to start looking at how do the wealthy teach their kids and then start learning from some of those wealthy people. How can you learn from some wealthy people? Read a book. Read. It goes back to our very first, I mean, we just keep coming for full circle. We just keep coming around and around. That's what I've done today, right? We sat here, we talked about this. It wasn't very long, but I taught you something that maybe is a little bit different that maybe you hadn't thought about or maybe our listeners haven't thought about of how they can really change their life. But watching the boob tube, watching the TikTok, watching the Instagram, watching the sports, it's not propelling your life forward. It's not. And the reason is is because you consume the product. You don't sell the product. Be a creator, not a consumer. Right. You're a content consumer, not a content creator. Right. And, and that's the thing, right? The people who are getting rich while you're watching the, let's say, the Dallas Cowboys or the Denver Broncos, who are the ones getting rich? The ones playing the game. <laughs> no. Well, they the are, sure. That. But it's the ones who own the team. Yeah, they're making the big money. I mean, a lot of people, you look at very wealthy people and what do they do? They go they go to the games, but what are they doing when they're at the games? And they're sitting networking. in their box seats. Networking. That's right. They're networking. They have all their other business associates in their big box seats. And they're in there whining and dining them. And they're networking on and on. 
Meanwhile, the dude down below who's sitting on the you know 50-yard line has seats that he paid way too much money for that he can't even really afford, <laughs> is going and getting in his you know 25-year-old truck or car and going home and all pissed off because maybe his team lost and pissed off at his wife that his wife when his wife did nothing. How, tell me, how does this help your life? And I think that that's the biggest thing is, is that, that people need to understand that you have a limited amount of time when you're young. Use your time wisely. Use your time in a manner that is going to help you propel your life forward. If you're sitting there and you're thinking about things and maybe the thing instead of watching a football game or a baseball game or a hockey game or a tennis game or the Olympics, I mean, it could just go on and on, right? They can, they can consume your mind on and on and on with sports. But instead of doing that, I mean, when you guys were young, we would watch one football game, right? One, that's it. We would watch the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And most of the time I fell asleep somewhere around in the third, beginning of fourth <laughs> quarter. <laughs> and that was just time to relax. And so again, I'm not saying that watching sports isn't important, but when it becomes an obsession and that's all you're doing, right. I, I don't agree with it. And so the thing is, is that instead of that time doing that, Maybe you should take that time and say, I'm going to go read a book. Or maybe I'm going to take that time and close my eyes and visualize what I want my future to look like. Maybe I'm going to take that time and I'm going to go spend time with my family or my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my wife or my husband or my kids or, you know, my mom or my dad or whoever it is. Maybe instead of that, I'm going to pick up the phone and call my uncle or my, you know, aunt or my, you know, brother or my sister, mm -hmm. right? There's so much that you can do, but your time is being eaten up in all these things, TikTok, Social media, you know, the Instagram, you know, YouTube, all this stuff. Now, some of that can be good as long as, again, you're learning from it. But if you're just wasting your time and your mind, then you're hurting yourself. And you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting your children too. Because eventually, that's going to seep into your subconscious and you're going to start feeding that crap into your own kids as well. Your kids are going to learn that that's what you do. So that eventually, guess what? Now they're going to start doing the exact same thing when they're older. They're going to start looking at their phones. So anyway, long story short, again, I, I know I went off on a total tangent there, <laughs> but there's just so much that I could talk about of how a lot of this stuff is, is that, you know, you, you have to kind of remove some of the garbage in your life before you can start using some of these things, you know? So that's how you can start is in little things, start practicing you know, we could then go into who you surround yourself with. Well, if you surround yourself with people and that's all they want to do is go watch sports or all they want to do is go out to the sports bar or all they want to do is go out and party. And guess what? You might be that person. You might be the person that your friends shouldn't be hanging out with because that's all you want to do. That's so true. But again, then don't sit there and cry and whine 10 years down the road that you haven't done diddly squat with your life and that you're not doing and haven't made the, your dreams come true because you know what? You chose to live in the path of the poor and the, and the middle class. You didn't choose the path of the wealthy. There is a reason that wealthy people are wealthy. And I, when I say wealthy, I don't always mean monetarily. I also mean there's many different ways of wealth. They have wonderful families. They have wonderful whatever. And great, if your form of wealth is, is going out every other day, getting completely smashed and hammered, and meeting people that you don't even know that who they are and waking up next to them the next morning, if that's your your dream of wealth, have at it. That's that's for you. Not me, not mine. And eventually you will find out. Every little great thing like that is all, it's dressed up in a real pretty dress at first, but when you actually see it, it's really ugly beneath. Mm 
And so it may seem fun. It may seem like a great life for a while, but it always catches up with you. Always. It always ends to a bad result. And so again, you know, that's, I know, you know, most people, that's not what they want. They're just using that as a way to make themselves feel good while they, you know, flounder around in life. So stop, start using your mind. And again, starts with desire. You have to have a desire. Then you have to use your imagination. Then you have to have faith that you can actually create the life that you imagined. And then you have to start taking disciplined action. Okay, so maybe it is that you turn off the TikTok or the Instagram or the Twitter or whatever, and you start moving away from it. I use, I'll admit there's been many times when I'm just so, I spent so much time on Twitter or Facebook or you know Instagram that today I, I'm hardly ever on it at all anymore. I just don't even like going to it because I just know that it was used to use me. It was created to use me. And I don't ever like being put my or putting myself in a situation like that. So unless I can I'm going to use it, then I just really don't have the desire to be on it anymore. Right. So again, it starts with little practice, a little disciplined action, right? taking little steps in the direction that you want to go, picking up the book and reading about the subject, getting away from friends that you know are not good for you, right? Getting closer to people that you know are better for you. You know, then measuring, is my life getting better or is it getting worse? Then readjusting, right? And then repeating. So again, I think we've gone over a lot today, Jenna. And I think that it was actually very packed with a lot of information, but it's been something that's on my mind ever since we've, I think it was our last podcast, you know, that it just kept coming back to me and kept coming back to me. And I wanted to talk about that today. So I really thank you for really allowing me the time to do all the talking today. Uh, you know, I can even feel like I'm kind of losing my voice because I did all the talking today. So I think next time we're going to, you know, maybe pass it off to you and may have you do a little more of the talking and uh, discuss some of the things because you've learned a lot, Jenna. I hear you when you're talking and I've heard you on the phone before. I hear you talking to, you know, your sister and your brother And I love hearing you guys talk today. I would almost love to have the three of you get together and I would just sit here and ask you guys questions, right? Because I think that would be an interesting podcast because I really did try to learn everything I could and then try to really teach you guys from a young age. And so now I hear your conversations and they're very different than the conversations that I hear from other young people. And so I think that might be an interesting uh, podcast to go forward. But, you know, we may have to look at that. But again... That's uh, that's today, how to create something from nothing. And thanks again, Jenna, for letting me do all the talking today. And I hope that uh, the all our listeners out there got some value from this. And I really hope that um, that you guys keep tuning in and you know let us know. Send us more DMs, send us more questions, and respond to us. To let us know. Uh, again, you know we went from a hundred active listeners. We have like over 400 now that are actually tuning in across the country. And we would love to hear from you because really I'm not just doing this for me. I'm not doing this for my kids. My kids have heard all this stuff before. You know, now I'm really just sharing and, you know, and Jenna, we're both sharing. And so, you know, we want to hear from you as well. So we'd love to hear back from you. Tell us what you think. And, uh, you know, again, hit that like or that subscribe button wherever it's at. Graham at PMR Unhinged.